It's time for you to look inward and begin asking yourself the big questions. Who are you? And what do you want? The greatest illusion of this world is the illusion of separation. You can't wait around for someone to help you. You have to help yourself. Hello, welcome to the Panacea Concept. Today is a topic that is near and very near to my um, life, and that is autoimmune disease or dis-ease or just uh, just plain autoimmune, however you want to call it. So it is, um, the title is going to be, or is, the number one big ignored factor when addressing autoimmune disease, uh, dis-ease. So you may be, if this isn't all new to you, you may be wondering why I keep uh, tripping up on the word dis-ease. Uh, the way that I heard it uh, done like that and, and why I think it's said like that is because it really takes away the sting and the scariness of the word and it really breaks it down to what the word really is it's dis ease it's not ease it's uh discomfort it's uh dis it's not the the it's uh more difficult uh basically so it, it really is um less scary than the word disease and we know uh pretty much firsthand that many people when they say the word disease there it, it has this finality to it it has a an air of um permanence and it's you know it's it's frightening when you get diagnosed with a disease so um so we just uh in the natural health community we prefer to say disease or at least a lot of people that i've uh, learned from say it that way and uh, why do I say it that way because you know isn't all disease permanent isn't all um, disease scary no not really so when once you actually learn what's going on it's not exactly scary I mean it, it it's I mean I've had issues where where I've been in pain for I don't know how many years and you know and that's that limited my that my lifestyle and what I thought I was able to accomplish and um, and this particular uh, dis-ease, um, it did uh, kill my friend. Um, I mean, if you really look at it, the disease didn't kill my friend. Um, it was actually uh, the, the way it was addressed. So I am trying to rededicate or, or dedicate more effort into educating people about what's going on with autoimmune disease and what's really going on and how how basically how the mainstream healthcare world addresses autoimmune uh, symptoms is largely incorrect and it's based on false assumptions. So that's, that's those are strong words, aren't they? So um, who am I to say that? Well, turns out there's a huge, there's a very large community of people who get better from autoimmune diseases or diseases. Um, they it's not a cure, it's not a treatment, but what happens is it, autoimmune is a symptom of an overall larger problem that's occurring in the body. And so when you don't focus on the symptom and you look into the root level, um, root level issues and imbalances and toxicities that are causing a symptom, then you focus on those and you remove those, then you would have arguably uh, less of that symptom because it doesn't have a reason to be around so if that sounds kind of confusing it's your first time hearing it i understand i was in your 
shoes not that long ago and um, no a couple years ago uh, when I first heard this but the important thing is that you're open to the idea you're here right now listening to this um, not in my house I, I hope anyway um, bad joke I like to um, diffuse with humor so this is something that uh, it really I mean it makes it, it this whole topic and and everything um, that I help educate uh, and help people with it, it all can be very maddening or uh, infuriating because that we as a species already know how to fix these issues quote unquote fix it's not like it like um, like these things can't come back so for example I had um, at least as I know of uh, at least one diagnosis of an autoimmune condition and it no longer affects me does that mean I'm cured no it does not but what it means is that I found out what was causing that symptom and I removed it and uh, well and it's not just one thing it's a lot of the time and with our way of thinking a lot of the time it's not one thing it's meant it's you know like 5 10 15 things um, that you need to do, remove, work on, um, rebalance in order to to take away that symptom, not really even take away for for to remove the legs that that symptom is standing on. No legs has no no legs to stand on. So it, it all sounds a little odd if it's again your first time listening to us, but maybe it'll make sense by the end of the episode. So autoimmune disease, what is the number one? big ignored factor when addressing autoimmune disease. Uh, I would, in this episode, I'm talking about leaky gut. and but you, but you can honestly argue that the number one big ignored factor is the person that mainstream medicine <laughs> is, is actually trying to help. And it's sad because a lot of these people go into the healthcare field wanting to help people under the impression that they're doing that. And in a way, they are. But that's not the whole picture, and um, and they they forget about the person. The person <laughs> needs to be treated like a person, like they have things that are different than the symptom. But what happens is they look at the uh, symptom, they place the symptom with a name, and they uh, just go with the protocol for addressing that name, that collection of symptoms, and. Um, I mean, my uh, my friend had a, a really hard to pronounce uh, name of a dis disease, which was Wegener's or Wegener's granulomatosis, I believe. It's uh, it's definitely a big name, but the common contributing factors to uh, that disease, disease, is one of the most common one is leaky gut. And so what happens when you start addressing and looking at leaky gut? So how many, so let's, let's start talking about leaky gut. Um, well, let me, let me take one, one step back. So uh, this is an introduction by Dr. Mark Hyman, who is a conventional medicine trained uh, medical doctor, but he's also functional medicine trained. And he's also probably has a dozen or, or a couple dozen other certifications and trainings on top of his name. He's been in the field, I don't know how long. I believe he's in his 60s, but uh, wrote, wrote a ton of books. And um, here's an introduction to a book called Beat Autoimmune. 
uh, and and so you can get a little bit more background on autoimmune disease if you don't have some idea about it already. So one in five Americans, this is uh, his introduction to the book, or about 10% of the world's population suffer from one of the more than 100 autoimmune diseases. To put the problem in perspective, the prevalence and cost of autoimmune disease is greater than cancer, heart disease, and diabetes combined, and it's one of the top 10 causes of death in women under the age of 64. So just to give you a little bit more perspective, it's a this is a relatively newer book, I believe it was 2018, but these numbers could, I honestly always feel like these numbers are slightly deflated and misleading because of the way mainstream medicine recognizes disease and um, and yeah, so I mean they, they've added to the collection of autoimmune disease to that name. They've added uh, 100 diseases. So, um, so at one point, they didn't consider certain diseases autoimmune. And um, so, so it's just like the, it's hard to describe in, in just words in, in a, like a 20 or 30 minute podcast. But uh, basically, the mainstream medicine and science has a very linear way of thinking about things and a very linear way of proving things to the point where it almost doesn't try to incorporate common sense into into its practice. So um, I'll, uh, I'll leave that be for now so we can get on with um, the leaky gut. So leaky gut, what is the idea? So this is, a, again, another concept in um, that was that, that's been talked about in natural health for much longer than it has been in mainstream health and science. And why is that? Because, the, once again, common sense did not uh, play a role in mainstream medicine. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a, a history repeats itself over and over again. And in, in, um, so many times throughout history, science, mainstream science has been behind the current science because of politics, because of money, because of human psychology, I mean, there's um, there's a denial type reflex in in the science community called Simmelweis reflex. It's literally named after a German scientist who was uh, ridiculed and laughed at, and uh, and in, he wasn't imprisoned. He was sent into to into an institution for um, get this, trying to get other hospitals to wash their hands when they're delivering babies. Uh, this was a new concept, it, it, although Simon Wise, if I'm pronouncing the name right, um, had plenty of evidence to support, uh, and it's anecdotal evidence, but the anecdotal evidence was he had a, a much higher rate of, of, of uh, women not dying uh, during or after childbirth from his hospitals, from his uh, incorporation of a new procedure of washing your hands in between handling cadavers and uh, and helping a woman give birth. So it, you know, it seems like common sense now, but what happens because of human psychology and, and they didn't really understand the um, uh, you know germs, bacteria, uh, viruses, and things like that at that time. Um, because of the human psychology they would have to admit what they were doing was wrong. So when people were tricked, 
once they uh, they to, in order to save the ego, uh, they can and people us we we end up convincing ourselves that every bit of new information is is just wrong and uh, and laughable and 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 obviously you know we we weren't tricked in the first place or we didn't um, we weren't making a mistake in the first place. It's it, it's a blow to the ego. So I mean. Yeah, so that's really good to know when it comes to the scientific community, and um, you know, always, always look at the mainstream scientific community and the non-mainstream uh, science community, and and see what they both have to say, and then also understand that you can be manipulated, and you can kind of, you can, well, you know what, I'm I'm getting into a, a different topic, so I'll I'll leave it at that. So anyway. Apologies, but like there's uh, a lot to explain in, in this episode and um, and I want to make sure I'm, I'm putting it in the right frame and context for you to absorb it. So anyway, so there's psychology to ignoring mainstream uh, or ignoring new information and uh, and let's let's move on. So what is leaky gut? Leaky gut is kind of how it sounds. It's uh, the, as you eat food and it goes into the intestines, they have uh, normally, normally, uh, when food is broken down in the intestines, nutrients is is extracted from the food and it, and it goes into the bloodstream from the intestines. So there's this little, very, very tiny uh, intestinal lining that only is supposed to allow nutrients to go into the bloodstream, so vitamins and minerals. And what happens due to many different causes or many different uh, reasons and factors for stress and stress is anything that stresses the body. So it's a very, it's a big umbrella term. Uh, the intestinal lining can become slightly looser, uh, uh, allowing larger particles to enter the bloodstream. What happens and how does it, and how does this link to autoimmune disease? Because the mainstream narrative around autoimmune disease is that the body is just messing up and it's attacking itself and and it's honestly what I don't even know how, how long that idea is but you may find it strange that so many different medical ideas and terms and, and, and advice and health advice are just super old and very basic they, if you really do some self-studying then you'll you'll learn that it seems like the the scientific community around health have been has been stagnant for decades. You know, like they barely learn anything useful, and if they do learn something useful, they disregard it and say we need more evidence. But anyway, so it, it, okay, so these particles, these larger particles, these particles that aren't broken down from the food, escape into the bloodstream. So then, what happens? Well, the immune system should uh, identify it and get rid of it. Well, what happens? Those larger particles, let's say gluten, gluten is is also a slightly complicated to talk about, but let's just say gluten. We'll leave it at that. So gluten, hard to break down, uh, food substance, escapes into the bloodstream and attaches to your cartilage, and your immune system goes after it, getting rid of the gluten, uh, attacking the gluten, but also takes a bit of your cartilage away. And we're talking microscopically, very small bits of your body being uh, collateral damage. And 
uh, also getting rid of the gluten. So this happens so in, on such a small level that the body, you mean you, you are not gonna really notice it uh, unless you know exactly what to look for. Maybe you have slightly, your, your joints feel slightly off, but at that point we're talking from microscopic to uh, large enough for you to feel it. And that's a, that's a that's a big margin of error, so that's I mean that's why I don't say just like just guess and go off of symptoms. I I say test. You should do test that can confirm or at least give you a good you know couple of years head start of information when it comes to do you have leaky gut. I mean that's a very important question, isn't it? And um, unfortunately, it doesn't seem. Uh, I mean, I'm not a mainstream medical doctor. But the, I mean, that's that's a good thing, and that's my advantage. But um, doesn't seem like they know what tests to run when it comes to that. And if they do, it might not be an appropriate test that that me measures it, and on a very very small functional level that um, that you can pick up something before it's a catastrophic issue. Mainstream medicine, typically their tests, all their tests, and all their uh, data point ranges kind of I, I feel like I'm sound, sounding a little too robotic here so I apologize but <laughs> all their data point ranges on their test are, are basically to the point to, of identifying when things have gone too far I want to make sure I, I break that down very fundamentally for you so that if it is your first time hearing that that it makes sense so that's kind of why I sound slightly robot, robotic when it comes to that but anyway so so if their ranges and what they're trained on is is you know so so far you know everything has, has to be so far gone before they actually identify it and address it, why do we like why are they trained that way? I mean that's a very that's a fair question, um, and that's because basically the medicine that we depend on for absolutely everything and and I say we as in our society depends on absolutely everything, uh, including prevention. We depend on that for prevention as well. Um, is actually not set up for, ideally, set up for prevention. It's set up for emergencies, which is why I uh, suffered from joint issues for decades and went through so many different tests, but no one could identify that um, I had symptoms of an autoimmune disease. And um, that's why my friend JJ, who you know, looking back on his life and, and the time we hung out together. Um, I, I, if you don't know about my relationship with JJ, we went to high school together. Um, me and my future wife at the, at the time, girlfriend, um, and him and his future wife and at the time, girlfriend, we went on a double date to prom together. And what was interesting looking back on his life and, and learning uh, the integrative health uh, practitioner certifications and, and how natural health is is done. Uh, looking back, I could see that there were he was having signs of autoimmune um, autoimmune symptoms basically for since high school. But what affect when it did actually affect him was um, you know maybe five years later. But I think he he okay. So the symptom he had was when raining. So don't panic if this is if this sounds like someone you know or it sounds like you. But when it's raining, his joints would hurt. So that's a good sign that that's an autoimmune uh, symptom. And, and so, I mean, these things build up for years. So it could have been that he had um, leaky gut. I mean, that, that's one contributing factor. But 
there are many. This is just the, the big, uh, this episode is just about the big one that's ignored. Um, so he could have had leaky gut from, you know, from a very young age. I mean, it's very possible. So that's, that's the unfortunate thing. And, um, but anyway, so, so I, I think you understand the concept of leaky gut now. I want to address uh, some causes of leaky gut because you mean rightfully so you probably that's your next question what how can I stop my gut from getting leaky and larger having larger particles escape into the bloodstream and then have my immune system attack those larger particles and then have collateral damage of where, wherever uh, wherever those particles end end up attaching so I mean, I just I want to make this clear as well. Those particles can attach to any part of your body. So um, there's, like I said in, in reading that introduction, there are over a hundred different autoimmune diseases. So when you, when mainstream medicine thinks about disease, they kind of box everything off into names and symptoms. So oh, you have, you have um, Wegener's granulomatosis. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that disease, but I don't. Um, I don't really care about the name. I, I really much prefer helping people understand the root level issues that caused it and then getting rid of those. So, I mean, I don't treat disease, I don't cure disease, and I don't um, just diagnose disease. But what it turns out is that doesn't matter as much as people think. It's still important, but it's not what people, like when, when it comes to chronic diseases, that's not what people should be focused on after the doctor's appointment. They should be focusing on what, what contributing factors are are making that person sick? So um, anyway, so now I lost my train of thought. Well, let's just uh, go back to uh, what causes like <laughs> what causes leaky gut. So many factors. So just plain old psychological stress. Yes, um, the food you eat that's a big factor that's also ignored. Uh, gluten I mentioned earlier can not be broken down by the body. Um, that mean uh, gluten is there's many different types of gluten uh, proteins that are in, found in different foods so it's it's kind of hard to identify if your food has it so the important thing really is just to have a very whole food diet and try to eat more things if you are going to eat processed things I don't recommend it at all because that could also contribute to the stress which could also contribute to leaky leaky gut is um you know, try, try to find things that are gluten-free. If you're going to bake w with a, a flour, find a gluten-free flour, a certified gluten-free flour, um, and stuff like that. So, um, so that's gluten. So that's food you eat. So it's not just gluten. It's not just uh, processed foods, but it could be food sensitivities, which is another thing that is ignored. Uh, I mean, the autoimmune disease is, is a huge topic, and um, so I'm not sure how far to dive in. So let me just. Um, let me just tell you that there are many books about it, and there are many people who help uh, people with it. They're not with it to directly where they're treating it, but with the aspects that contribute to it. So uh, basically, get a coach. <laughs> that's, that's the main message here is get a coach. It doesn't have to be me. It could be a mainstream doctor who's trained in functional medicine who understands autoimmune disease and natural health and has the time to coach you. Uh, some some uh, medical doctors do that where they, they uh, stop the, the whole 15-minute model of healthcare and they 
decide to coach people instead because they, they, I mean, uh, like I was saying before, how many people die from autoimmune disease? A lot, uh, way too much. It's a preventable disease. It's a uh, reversible in a sense. It's not really like you're reversing a disease. What you're really doing is taking away the reasons for the disease to be present. So, um, so that so it is it is beatable. I'll just say that it's beatable. It's uh, it's um, preventable, and it's not a death sentence. And um, yeah, so there's hope, and there's many people who have who have beaten it. Yeah, I mean it, it sucks because uh, you know I, I'm sure I'm not the only person, but I I had a friend died. I I suffered from um, my own issues for decades before finding you know a way out of the 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 really poor health information bubble. I mean I, I I'm do, I'm doing some research for my next episode, which is on high blood pressure. So I did a lot of reading on, on the CDC website, you know, the authority for disease, um, which is, it's just, a, I mean, looking at it now, it's just, it's not, it's not a, it's not an authority, really. I mean, is it dependable on what they say? Sure. But if, if they're missing huge chunks of information, then what's the point? So anyway, so, so I cite in my next episode, a lot of CDC references and what they say to do when it comes to high blood pressure is just so like high school health class. It's just like it's like you're going to a high school health class, and and that's what they're and that's what they teach you. That's the that's the takeaways after millions of dollars, I'm sure, on research for high blood pressure. It's just oh, watch out for sodium. Oh, watch out for stress. Okay, well that that's it. I mean that's all you have to tell people. There's way way more when it comes to high blood pressure of things you can actually do. But of, of course, this is um, a system that's largely, there's a conflict of interest when it comes to the CDC. A lot of people don't know this, but the CDC does have a vested interest in you being on pharmaceuticals because they do actually get money from pharmaceutical industries uh, or companies, corporations. And um, so there's a conflict of interest when addressing all disease, autoimmune disease as well. It's, um, I, I don't understand how and I, mean, I, I want to give the benefit of the doubt, but at this point, I just can't. And, and I just feel like uh, this, these people have to know what they're doing at a certain point, uh, that they're actually contributing to the problem of, of these symptoms than, more than they're not. So, um, and, and they're also getting money for it. But anyway, so I want to keep this positive. So <laughs> let me end back on that note of that autoimmune symptoms can go away if you find the reasons for them uh, to be present and take them away. And if you reintroduce it, so it's not a cure, if you reintroduce those reasons, so let's say you reintroduce those food sensitivities, those IgG-based food sensitivities, you reintroduce the um, a large amount of stresses, you maybe come into contact with environmental toxicities that uh, again, kind of tip your body over the edge when it comes to the stress in the leaky gut, in, uh, the the gastrointestinal integrity of the of the cell walls of the um, intestines, and, and it kind of tips your body into more of a stressed response. And then it, then the tight junctions. I'm trying to not to use too many technical terms, but basically the tight junctions um, are ba are those little little holes that, that the uh, micronutrients is supposed to escape through and that the larger 
uh, particles that are not supposed to escape the intestines, that's also where they go through if these um, tight junctions, which you can, honestly, you can uh, go to DuckDuckGo and, and look up the, um, the term leaky gut and you'll probably get some good infographics on that. But anyway, and that's where it, where it goes through. So, um, so yeah, so I, I'll leave that at that. I think I, I probably, it probably was a little bit too technical this episode, but if you have any questions, feel free to email me at m-a-t-h-e-w at root, that's R-O-O-T-L-V-L wellness.com. And I will happily make an episode uh, on some topic that, that I glossed over on, on this episode and, um, and that I need to explain a little bit more. Uh, I mean, that's why I do this podcast, so feel free to ask away. All right, so I'll leave it at that. So remember to take ownership of your health and really just, um, I mean, there, there's hope. You know, there's, I, I want you to, to know that there is hope. So, all right, have a great day. I'll see you on the next episode, which if I title it and um, keep it in the same order, will be on high blood pressure. All right, take care.